0: Welcome to Musing the Mysteries, a podcast by Barney Wiggett. What you'll find here are some recent musings about the God of the Bible and living in such a way as to bring him pleasure. Happy musing. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go. In the hotel uh, where uh, we stayed, I don't know if you guys saw this in your room, but. Yes, there's a little card here where it says a guy is smiling. He says, and his little uh, his little deals on his shirt says, "Catch me at my best," you know. And they want you to write thing. You know, if you saw somebody really doing something good in the hotel there, then you should write it and say they did a. I didn't see anybody do anything good, so I took the card. But <laughs> catch me at my best. And I think that's what Jesus is saying here. I want to catch you at your best. So do your best. Be your best. And so what I'd like to do, if you're up for it is to do more of, and I feel like I just have this, it was about three, four, five weeks ago, more than that, uh, where the Holy Spirit began to bring me to some passages that I have always appreciated but never saw them together before in relationship to the best, to the best. So on the inside of your bulletins, a half sheet. If you want to just take a look, fill some things out, make some notes if you want, draw some pictures of me. uh, It's fine, whatever works for you. But what we want to do is kind of, is talk about the best, or I should say his best, what's best, and my best. Okay, so let's look at those three things. And, 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 and rooted in Revelation 2 and 3, but we're going to look at some other passages that, that embellish this concept. And I, I feel like I have a, a, a prof- prophetic word for you. In fact, it really kind of fits very nicely with what Robbie shared with us last week and the challenge that he, that he shared. I, I told him that I, I took the liberty to write my notes and, and uh, pretty up the homiletics a little bit and to create some rhymes and some alliterations. Uh, and he said, that's good, just send me the notes and that's what I'll preach next time with that. Um, but I see him saying here uh, in these passages something about his best. Could you read these passages with me uh, in, uh, in Luke chapter 15? Uh, could you read that with me, please? But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And then let's read uh, John chapter 2, verse 10. You ready? Everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best until now. Do you see that? The best robe and the best wine. And um, I'm seeing in these two passages where Jesus is saying, um, I am really trying to give you the best. I didn't just give you a robe. I didn't just give you some wine. I'm giving you the best robe and the best wine. Now, the best robe, you know that story? It's the uh, prodigal son story. So the, the, the kid says, I'm just going to take all my inheritance and, and spend it any way I want. He does. He ends up feeding pigs. He repents. He comes back to his father who's waiting for him with open arms. And he gives him five things. And, and one of those five things that he gives him is the best. He doesn't just bring out a robe. Just get a robe. Somebody, would somebody get a robe for the boy? He's all filthy and he's probably in tattered clothes. He didn't just say get a robe. He said get the best one. And, of course, if we compare that with other places in Scripture, including Revelation, that that's like the robe of righteousness. That's the imputed righteousness of Jesus. That's that's like the best robe in in the world is the righteousness of Jesus. Uh, Like in, in 2 Corinthians 5, he says, He made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ, in him. And so that's the best God's got is his own righteousness. So if you're a believer in Jesus, what you have to your account is the righteousness of Jesus. You don't get it, there's nothing better than that in terms of his standing. And of course, we've all memorized my definition of justification by faith is God's righteous way of righteousing the unrighteous with his righteousness. And so now that you have that and understand that thoroughly and completely and totally, what that means is when, if you're a believer and you stand before God, You are as righteous as Jesus Christ is in his estimation because of the work he did on the cross by taking your unrighteousness, being punished for it, and then imputing to you his righteousness. You got the best robe. That is the best God's got. In fact, the way that he got you to that place was to give you his best, the father. That would be Jesus. The lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. What he said to Moses was, you know, just get any lamb and just get, you know, just a lamb. Just, you know, take one of your lambs and take that at Passover. Just one of the lambs. That's the way it worked. Is that right? No, it would be the best lamb. The one in Peter's estimation, he said, was without blemish or defect in First Peter 1. So with that, he gave his best, his only begotten son. So remember that when you're talking and thinking about your own best, remember that God gave you his best, the best he's got. He, you know, some, some people say bankrupt heaven to, to make you rich. And so, and, and so keep in mind, he gave you his best. He gave you his best robe. But then he also, he says, at this first public miracle of Jesus, he gave the best wine. Jesus turned water to wine, and he, this man, uh, recognized this is the best wine. This is the best wine. And I don't think it's just, it was just all about alcohol. I don't think it was just all about wine. I think Jesus was doing a miracle to say that I give my best to you. What I do is I'm just not one of the many that give religious stuff to people But I have come to give you the best I've got. There's no better celebratory thing. There's no better joy. Uh, My peace, Jesus said, I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I to you. And so he's given you his best. He's given you his best robe. He's given you his best wine. And here's the deal. How does that relate to me giving my best? That is, the more I am able to embrace God's best, the less apt I am to look elsewhere for something better. Because if I'm embracing God's best, I'll be clear about it that there ain't no better anywhere else. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? And so if I'm looking at, at the concept of giving my best, the first thing that I need to do, and I think you need to do this with me, and that is to appreciate the best that God's got. The best robe, imputed righteousness, the best wine, imparted power to live that righteous life out in terms of sanctification. The song that you led, Tom, about uh, that Josh Fox wrote talked about justification, sanctification, and then, of course, uh, ultimately glorification. And so when I'm tempted to look for something better, if I'll think about God having given his best, and, and so when I'm, when I'm doing my best, it's not payback or earning his best. It's not like that because you can't pay for it. You can't pay him back. You can, you're not earning anything. But what you are doing is uh, out of an appreciative heart, uh, giving him something back that's commensurate with what he gave you. I'm finding this too, that I won't be longing for the embrace of others if I will embrace the best that God has for me. And we won't be as easily distracted and get off track as Robbie talked to us about getting off track. We won't be so easily distracted. If I'm drinking the best wine, I'm not looking for the, the inferior brand. And uh, I'm not looking for something better if, I got, uh, if I've got the best that God has to offer. And, and frankly, everything else is just illusory. It's not, it's not better. It may feel better for the moment, whether we're talking about sin or or bad decisions, or getting off track, or whatever it is. So God, uh, we want to embrace the best that God has for us. And then secondly, let's talk about, I just, you know, these passages have always intrigued me um, about what's best, God's best for me. He gave his best to me, but now he has the right. Here's the deal, here's the rub. A lot of people get really kind of, irritated by preachers and other people saying well you're trying to tell me what's best for my or parents you're trying to tell me what's best for my life and I really don't feel like it's my job to do that my job though I think is to point you to God who has not only the right but the wisdom to know what is best for you and because he's 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 the he's your creator and redeemer and and loves you and really wants your best and so he can tell you what is best for you And so uh, let's read this passage out of Isaiah. And frankly, I was reminded of these when we were just reading devotionally together through Isaiah. Now we're in Jeremiah, and I'll share a bunch of Jeremiah passages. So some of it just came out of my own devotional reading of the Word to put these things together for me, things that I've appreciated for a long time. You ready to read it with me? I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you who directs you in the way you should go. I, he teaches us what is best for us. Now that if, 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 you know, if a parent or a teacher or a mentor or somebody else, a uh, politician or some other leader tells you, he's going to tell you what's best for you, that could be an, an offense, but this is God. And so he has the right and certainly the wisdom to be able to tell us what's best for us. And then let's, reading the, let's read this other passage in Isaiah. Ready? If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So I, I'm going to teach you what's best for you. And if you will be willing and obedient, you'll eat from the best of the land. I have your best in mind. I want the best for you. And you, there's a lifestyle that you, post, that you live that postures yourself to be a recipient of the best. If the best is over here and you're running this way, you're not going to get the best because it's over here. He's saying, if you'll walk this way, then you'll be a recipient of the best. And that is my intention. God is not like that nasty, should have been fired 40 years ago teacher that just loves to flunk kids in class. He's, he's not like that. He wants everybody to, and we don't have any teachers like that here. I'm just saying that there are bad ones like that. There are teachers then, on the other hand, that really want the best for their students, not only for them to do well, but to, uh, to do their best. And uh, so he says, this is how you can be. In the first, I love the teacher that says, here's how you can get an A in my class. Joe, do you do that? Here's how you can get an A in my class. This is what you do. And if you do these 10 things, these 4,000 things throughout this, sem- you know, this semester, you'll get an A in my class. And uh, so it's what's best for us. God knows what's best and you can eat from the best of the land. A lot of people are content with bad things because they're not the worst things. They're content with, with bad stuff, but it's not the worst I could do. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard the, the statement, well, at least I'm not, you know, doing this and that and the other thing. Because it's, because it's not the worst, does that mean it's not bad? Well, you know, I'm not as bad as that guy or that guy or that guy. Well, now you've added judging and gossip to your list of problems, you know, because you're not doing this. And, and some of us are content with... Okay, because it's not bad. We're content with, you know, getting by. And uh, because it's not really bad, I'm not doing anything bad. It's not bad. But he says, I'm going to teach you what's best for you. And some people are even content with the good. What's good, but not necessarily the best. Do You hear what I'm saying? good stuff. It's good. I'm doing good things, but is it the best thing? Is that what God really is asking? The best thing, I, I was reminded of a, what a teacher told me in college 30 plus years ago when I was interacting with a, a pastor friend of mine yesterday, and he was sharing some, some woes and hurts with me, and, and I've known him for years and years and years, and, and um, I said, do you remember Don Pickroll? He said, yeah, and he taught this class and book of Acts, and he had a, a textbook. And I remember writing well, the most profound thing he said in the whole class. He said, he said life is finding out God, what God wants you to do and doing it. That's what life is. That's life right there. That's just life. That's, that's it. That's what you got to do. Just find out what God wants you to do and do that. And I wrote it right in that textbook. Um, that's the best. Are you just doing, are you content with good? It's good, you know, how you doing? Good. Is it the best, though? Um, I've been uh, thinking a a fair amount about sin lately. Um, Sin is not only bad, it's bad for you. It's not only bad. It's not just because it's on the bad list. It's not just bad, it's bad for you. Somebody say amen if you agree with that. And I'm finding that sometimes... We don't get sick of sin until we get sick with it. And my prayer is, oh God, may we not get too sick with sin uh, before we get sick of it and repent of it. But Lord, if you have to get us a little bit sick with it to get our attention, go ahead on. Um. I told you I had some passages in Jeremiah, uh, and, and let me just show you a, a few of them here. You know, if you, if you don't follow other gods to your own harm, to your own harm, Jeremiah keeps saying this because it harms you to follow other gods. It's not just that God is all like, oh, I'm just so bummed out that they found some other gods, and that's the biggest problem. I mean, it is a problem that God is offended. That's, don't let me minimize that. But another problem, if you're a little bit utilitarian about it, is that it'll harm you too. Idolatry hurts you. And so when he says, my little children, keep yourselves from idols, that's not like, dude, how could he say my little children so tenderly and then say keep yourself from It's still tender when he says keep yourselves from idols because those idols will hurt you, my dear children. And then he, Isaiah, or rather, Jeremiah says, are they not rather harming themselves uh, to their own shame, talking about their sin? Their sins have deprived you of good, and, and you have provoked me with what your hands have made, and you've brought harm to yourself. See that, that theme in Jeremiah? You're, you're harming yourself. Sin uh, is not only bad, it's bad for us, and it will make you, sin will make you sick at some on some level. And... Uh, Uh, Then the great verse in in chapter 29 is the opposite concept, isn't it? And I, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans not to harm you. I'm not trying to harm you. I want to do the opposite of harm you. But you keep harming yourself by disobeying me. I'm trying to give my best to you and then lead you in a path that's best for you. And if you don't listen to me, it will only make you sick. It will only be to your own harm. So God realizes that we are pretty selfish at the core, and so he appeals to our sense of self-protection. Uh, and not only does he say, you will, you'll thrash my glory and, and, and uh, obscure my glory in the earth, but he also is saying that you're going to hurt yourself, and uh, I don't want you to be hurt. I want you to pass the test. I want you to do better. Um, I'm th- you know, there is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in death. And, you know it's like a, a a child that insists on well or maybe maybe even a, an adult child they go off to college for the first time and they said, "You know i 've been waiting all my life to do this. Dude, I am going to have Twinkies for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Dude, I, you know I am so tired of people telling me how to live, and so where they're going to be deep fried in the morning, you know and uh, and chocolate-covered at noon, that's what I'm talking about. And then dinner time, we're going to, you know, mix them with ho-hos and do the whole deal. That's the way for the rest of my college career, It's the way it's going to be. Uh, but he won't do that. He won't do that because of two reasons. One is his mama is someday going to find out he doesn't want to offend his mama. But also, that is, he's going to get sick in that. Someday it's going to come back. He's going to get sick in it, maybe before he gets sick of it. But that's just the way you're constructed. God constructed us. The way to, to live out our best is to live out the owner's manual and to do what the owner's manual says. It just works. And, and it's just, it's, if, if that's all you are is utilitarian trying to keep yourself from harm, then I recommend that you look for God's best because he teaches you what is best for you And leads you in the way you should go. There's a should. I I just can't take that out of scripture. There's a should. There is a way we should live. And a way we shouldn't live. Amen to that? And And then this last concept is my best for God. My best. These two passages have always intrigued me. And I'm glad that I saw them in together. And their best. And he says, so let's read the Philippians passage. You ready? One, two, three, go. You may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. That's a prayer, one of Paul's prayers that we get to eavesdrop on. And he he says, I'm praying that you may be able to discern what is best. I, I think a lot about this when people are making big choices for their lives and even little ones. Um... I think about it when people say, I'm gonna move here, I'm gonna do this ministry, I'm gonna marry this person, I'm going to change this career, I'm going to go over there and do this and so on. Is that the best, is it the best? That's what you wanna know, discern. And if you couldn't discern what was best, because it's, frust- has anybody ever been frustrated about not for sure knowing the will of God, anybody ever? Yeah, two or three of us. And uh, it is, it's difficult at times. And I think mainly, it's well, it's difficult for a lot of reasons. That'll be another, like Mark says, what, how'd you say it? That's another sermon, okay. So uh, we'll talk about why that's difficult. But the fact of the matter is, he says, I'm praying for you to be able to discern the best. What that means to me fundamentally is, you can discern what is best. Paul wouldn't pray for them to be able to discern what is best if it was indiscernible, okay? So... There is a best, and you can know it. But then look at that next passage there. He says, let's read it together. You ready? Do your best to present yourselves to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Now, of course, the the fundamental uh, context of that passage is, is be good Bible students so that you don't, end up with a bunch of false teachings so cut the things straight so it all fits together and and your doctrine isn't overlapping and and contradictory self-contradictory but the very fundam- but even more fundamental than that is, do your best. do your best to be a Bible student, do your best to be a, a holy person. Do your best to be a husband, do your best to be a wife. Do your best to be a, a, a son or a daughter or a parent or a teacher or a g- garbage man or a physicist or, or a witness or a friend. Do your best to be all these things. You may know what is best, and you can do what is best. He wouldn't tell us to do what was best if it was unachievable. It is unachievable by human effort, but it's not unachievable by God's power. I can do all things through Christ, who what? Strengthens me. And so he says, to do your best. You can know the best and you can do the best. He wouldn't have told you otherwise. Now, I, 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 we have this phrase. Um, his best years. He gave his best. I gave my best years to that, to that person. I gave my best years. My best years. I, could I just at least propose a definition of your best years? I mean, you, you don't have to believe this. But my thinking is they're the ones you got right now. Because they're the ones you got in your control. Right now you have the best years of your life. Right now you have them. They're, they're the ones you got. Don't look to when you had or when you're going to. Right now are the best years of your life whether you're young or whether you're old, whether you're sick or whether you're healthy, these are the best years of your life because of the ones that are right here right now. I mean, there's just a bunch of scripture about living in the now and living in the present. And so if that's true, if you're young, do not wait until you're old to start fully giving your best. If you're young, do not wait. I mean, what what are you going to have then that you don't have now? Wrinkles I mean, I had this awful experience just a, a couple of months ago where i was i to uh, apply for a new passport and and they asked i didn't mind this before. they asked for my hair color oh bummed me out gary i'm saying i mean I, I, you know what i'm saying it's i had I started to write, but no, that's not right. So then I went and looked and I went, oh man, dude, that's. I mean, I've never come so close to Lady Clairol in all my life. I'm, I'm saying, because to write gray thrashed me. I mean, I, it was weeks before I got up off the mat and I just. It's dirty gray, salt and peppers. That's what I'm talking about. I dye it this way. I had a kid ask me one time in at uh, at uh, summer camp. Is she looked at me? She goes, "Dude, do you dye your hair? You know, gray?" Tom. All guys don't like to gray guys. Yeah, but, but see, when you answer that question, you can still answer b- black or brown or whatever you, you see. They don't say bald or not, right? So you don't even have to admit anything. (laughs) Silver, oh, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) Next time, what, a passport every 15 years or whatever? Oh man, by then, who knows? They're gonna ask about the color of my, you know, skin is gray by then. Well, bottom line is if you're young, do not wait until you, I mean, what do you do? You go to, you go to Safeway and you buy, you buy, I don't know, you buy some fruit and you bring it home and you leave it on the counter for oh, four, five, six weeks and then you bring it to your neighbor's house. And you say, I just, you know, I just thought I'd bring you some nice fruit. It's all wrinkled up, why do that? So what you wanna do is give your best while you're young. If you're young, Don't wait till you're old to give your best. If you're older, notice I didn't say old, older than younger, (laughs) did you you already give your best? (gasps) I hope not because these are your best years right now. I just told you, I think that your best years are the ones you got. And if you already gave your best when you were 20, then you better get on your knees and repent and realize that you're in your best years right now. Too many people retire 40, 50, especially those of us that went through the Jesus movement and just gave all kinds of everything to Jesus in those days. But if you gave it all then, I'm going I'm to ask you to reach back and find a lot more that you have to give. Some of the most dynamic Christians that I know, I went and listened to Jack Hayford for the weekend, and the man is 70 years old, and had—I mean, he's on believable in terms of his passion for Christ, right? His, not only his knowledge and his wisdom, but his passion and his energy and his willingness to, to, to give it all, uh, in his best years now, if your best is all used up, honey, you better reach back and find something else because I believe you're in your best year. So many people, you know, started retiring spiritually about 50 or so. And uh, I think the rest of your life can be the best of your life, whether you're 20, whether you're 15, whether you're 55 or 65. I think the best of your life, or 75 or 85, can the rest of your life can be the best of your life. And uh, because I don't want to give leftovers to God. Oh, well, you know, I just, I gave the real deal then when I was 25. Dude, I'm, I'm, I haven't even really begun. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight uh, Greg talked about the 30-year Christian up at camp, the 30-year Christian, the person has been saved for 30 years. God help the 30-year Christians. God help the 30-day Christians, amen? Robbie said up at camp that you never hear a gold medalist say, you know, they're, they're getting the, the medal wrapped around there, and, and you never hear one of them go, I won? You know, I mean, dude, I didn't even know I was in a competition, you know? And he said, what do you hear him say? Well, I'd like to thank my mom who would never let me sleep in for the last 20 years. I'd like to thank my coach for kicking my uh, every day for the last five years. I'd like to thank my dad who wouldn't let me rest on the weekends and and, keep, and, and you know drove in the car behind me as I ran 30 miles a day. You know, because, because he had to do his best to get to be the best. And our goal isn't to be the best among people, our goal is to give our best. Don't compete, you know, that messes me up whenever, I, I, I was shooting pool with a friend of mine when I was about 14 and I don't think probably anybody here can uh, beat me in more than, you know, you, you know, if we play five games, you might win one, okay? I'm just saying. Because I play really, I shoot really good pool, I spend a lot of time. But, you got it. And. Uh, so my dad, to get me away from the pool hall, bought a pool table. And then I practiced up at home and went to the pool hall. But anyway, so I'm, my friend bought a pool table primarily so he could beat me. But he, when he wasn't, he got frustrated. And I was always frustrated and intense. And, and he, said, he said, do you always have to be the best? And 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 really, it, it it was a great conviction to me. Even though I wasn't a believer, I, I it was a great. He he was right that I was always trying to be better than somebody else. So that will that will thrash your your best. It really will. If you're trying to be better than somebody else, you there will always be somebody better than you. And Lou might be the better. Sh- pool player here, and now I'm completely thrashed, and we'll never shoot pool again. But if you try, if your goal in life is to be better than somebody else, that's going to thrash you. Don't do that. Our, we want to be our best, my best that I'm supposed to be before God. Amen? And so, and so if I will receive his best, embrace his best, follow the path that will lead me to my best, and give my best. Robbie alluded to this and I it got me to thinking, I think he did or somebody did recently. Don't spend your life. Invest it. You know, he spent his life doing this, or he spent his life doing that. I don't want to get to the end of my life and say, I spent my I don't want to spend my life. I want to invest my life. I want my life to be invested in something that will return Glory back to God. Certainly sending reward to heaven, you know, uh, as Jesus said. Uh, but, uh, but I'm concerned more about investing my life so that there will be a return for, the et- for eternal purpose. Don't spend your life. That's not the best you got. The best you got is to invest it because you have uh, uh, abilities and gifts and destiny from God. And so here's how I'm going to just conclude just to throw, just kind of point us back to Revelation. Five out of the seven churches, Jesus gave them a prescription. Can you think of the word that he gives over and over in these seven letters? Five out of the seven, he gives them a prescription, hands them one word on a, on a prescription uh, little card. Repent. See, because you can't move forward if you're going in the wrong direction. You know what I'm saying? If this is forward and I'm going this way, that's I'm not going forward, I'm going backward. Jeremiah 7, 24 or so, he talks about going backward instead of forward. So this is called when I do, if I'm going the wrong way and I turn around, that is called what? Repent, change your mind, metanoia, change your mind in such a way that it will change your direction. Well, I'm just thinking that this is a season in which the Holy Spirit is kind of saying, you know what? I, I'm, I'm talking to you now. I'm talking to you if you're young and you're waiting to get wrinkles until you start doing your best. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you if you're whatever middle-aged is, you said, if I'm middle-aged, well, you know, am I going to live to 100, you know, but if it's middle-aged or if you're in your And you're what you would consider to be a senior citizen. Senior people, uh, if you've given your best already and you don't plan on doing your best now, I think you need to repent.